Okay, recording live. The newest episode of Marta the Minimalist podcast, exclusively for you, the members of The Minimalist Method for Prosperous Female Entrepreneurs. I love helping other people to not have to go through some of the tests and trials that I did if possible. This is where you get the first dibs of the best business strategies ever so you can grow your revenue while minimalizing your time, your efforts, and your energy. There's great coaches. There's people in this field. So yeah, you want them on your team. Live for you, the ladies in the Minimalist Method for Prosperous Female Entrepreneurs. As you know, if you are a member of this group, uh, you get, whoop, let me just pause that for you because you're getting some feedback. And as if you being a member of this group, you know that you get the raw and real of this episode. And that typically does include those technical bloopers in the beginning. So congratulations for being here. Um, And if not, if you're listening to this on a platform of um, such as IGTV or YouTube or um, getting it in your email, then uh, you want to just head on over to the Minimalist Method for Prosperous Female Entrepreneurs to watch the live recordings of Marta the Minimalist. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to tell you the secret code your subconscious uses to communicate messages about money 24 seven and how that could be helping you or keeping you behind. Uh, although we do believe there's no such thing as being left behind. And to talk to you about that, I've brought in money mindset expert, Dr. Deborah Fryer. Now, Dr. Deborah and I just met right before this episode. Stick around because she's going to give you an, a, an incredible gift. I just heard what the gift is at the end of this episode. So you're going to want to listen up. But before we tell you the secret code your subconscious uses, to communicate messages about money 24 seven. Dr. Deborah, I want you to tell everybody, who are you? What's your zone of genius? Why should they listen to you? And what brings you to doing what you do today? Thanks so much for having me here. I love talking about money, especially with women, because it is number one, so taboo. You're not supposed to talk about money as a woman. And number two, Yes, totally. And, and you're not supposed to have it. You know, we have all grown up with conditioning that says we are worth less than men. And this conditioning collectively, you know, it, it, it gets into our subconscious and we begin to walk around as if it's true. And so I'm on a mission to help raise women's self-concept of who we are, because all creation comes through the woman, right? Whether you're any age, any uh, gender, any culture, all birth happens through the feminine, uh, through the divine feminine. And this happens with plants too, right? The, 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 the female zygote is the one that is the one that creates the egg and that whether it sits on the egg or it births the egg from within, there is a, an, an, an ineffable, a, a, an energetic quality of the divine feminine that you are holding, that you are embodying. And this is what's coming through you. So as a business owner, it's inevitable that you're going to be wealthy. It's inevitable that you're going to be prosperous because you already have this energy within you. So who am I? 
I'll give you the 3D version, which is the earth version. It's really hard to answer that question, who am I? Because I'm so much bigger than any label I can plop onto myself. But for the purposes of this podcast, I will plop on a label that I'm a, I'm a money mindset coach. I'll say I'm an accidental money mindset coach because I used to struggle with money. I used to feel like I don't want it. I'm spiritual. It has nothing to do with me. It's dirty. It's manipulative. You know, a lot of women carry these beliefs. And if you've ever had a relationship with anyone in your awareness, it could be a parent, a father or mother, could be grandparent, grand, uh, great grandparent, it could be a sibling, it could be somebody who, you know, was a teacher or somebody who had great influence over you. You read Seventeen magazine when you were a little kid and you saw this is how a woman is supposed to look, this is how a little girl is supposed to look. If you have any of these messages, which you do, they're affecting your relationship with money. So I had a lot of these messages. One of them was when my grandmother died, I was 10 and I showed up at her funeral and I was wearing a tie. I had this cute, you know, like a sailor shirt that had a tie sewn into it. And my aunt opened the door and she said, girls don't wear ties, go home, change your clothes, come back in a dress. And I missed my grandmother's funeral because I was dressed inappropriately. And I got this message as a little girl that I'm not allowed to act like a boy, right? And, you know, then I grew up and I thought, oh, boys have money, boys have power, boys have a voice, boys have authority, etc. And also boys are bullies, boys are aggressive. And I didn't want any of that. And so I personally had a lot of struggle with money. And so the work that I now teach blasts through that. And it helps you recognize None of that was actually a struggle. It was, it was the interpretation of that that created the struggle. Mm-hmm. So who am I? I am somebody who knows firsthand what it feels like to be in a very conflicted relationship with money, with power. I went from being 100,000 in debt to making 100,000 leaps several times a year. And I can say that with complete neutrality. It doesn't feel like bragging. It just feels like this is what I do and this is who I'm here to help. Women control 80% of the buying decisions. And I believe that if we all want to embody a more peaceful, planet in which all beings are honored, that it will serve all of us for more money to be moving through the hands of women. Yeah. And that's so powerful. I love that you said 80, 80% of the buying power is, you know, it's decided by women. How did you say that exactly? Tell me again. I'm not sure exactly what I said, but it's something like 80% of buying decisions. Ladies listening, 80% of the decision making is you. That's, that's incredible. And, you know, I mean, think about it as a, as a mom, as a wife, as a homeowner, as a renter, you're making buying decisions about what are you going to eat? What's your family going to eat? What kind of clothes are they going to wear? What kind of a laundry detergent are you going to buy? What kind of products are you going to buy? You're making decisions that affect more than your family. They affect the environment. They affect the whole life cycle and money abundance actually wants to flow. It is something that is energy. It's like water. It's like breath. It's constantly flowing through your business so that you can serve your family, you can serve your community, you can contribute in bigger ways, you can make bigger and bigger ripples into the world. And so you're actually sitting in an incredibly powerful seat right now, women, because the more you flow through your business, the more change you can affect, the more influence you have, the bigger ripples you have. And those of you who are coaches, 
you're not just working with one person who you perceive as your client. Newsflash, nobody is your client. They happen to choose to work with you because you offer something they want, but they might be working with many, many people. They don't belong to you. They've come to you voluntarily. And they, when they begin to shift and transform and experience themselves as more capable, more resourceful, more resourced, more inspired, more inspiring, they ripple out to everyone that they touch. So for every one person that you're coaching, you're actually changing the lives of thousands of people who are standing behind them. You're just sitting in an incredibly powerful seat. And the more money you have, it's not actually money that makes you be powerful. It's the internal belief about who you innately are. So this is really the question, who am I? I'm the all that is, which is why I said I can't really describe it in the 3D realm. You and I are all breathing the same envelope of air. And what you do with that life force is completely up to you. There's nothing special about me. Mm -hmm. We all are breathing the same life force. We're all accessing the stream of consciousness. We're all standing in the middle of the stream. But if you're blocking it, because you're saying, oh, no, no, I don't want to have money, or no, 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 I don't want the responsibility, or no, 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 I can't have a six-figure leap. People would think I'm a jerk. People who make that kind of money are jerks, and I'm never going to be one of those, or it's going to be too hard, or whatever the belief is that's actually blocking it. Think about a rock in a river. When there's a rock in the middle of the river, what happens when the river is flowing? There's a whole bunch of turbulence, right? Now, that's what's happening inside your body, and that's what we're going to talk about. I love when it. Mar when Marta said there's a subconscious code, when you think about money, if you clamp down, you're putting a rock in the river of all that is flowing through you and to you right now. And if you're not letting it flow through you, you're going to experience turbulence and it will show up in your body somewhere. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that. Yeah. And by the way, if you are watching this live or watching this on replay on a platform that allows you to ask questions and leave comments, by all means, let us hear that you are here. Dr. Deborah will be tagged on all the platforms. So she will get a notification if you do have a question for her. And we've got Dr. Shelly Hipsky listening uh, and she's saying brilliant. Um, and she's on, she's on a plane from New York city, speaking at Columbia university to DC for the American library association featuring her 13th book and just blessed with abundance and mindset and amazing friends like like us oh thank you dr shelley and so you guys if you're listening and i love you dr shelley for always being so supportive and, and leaving comments i love it keep them coming if you are listening and you can leave a comment go ahead leave your comments and ask your questions because again dr deborah will be notified and um she'll be more than happy to answer your questions after we're done here correct yeah Awesome. All right. So what is that secret code your subconscious uses to communicate messages about money 24 seven? And I love, I love that you said that, um, it, you know, it's like a, a rock and a river. It's that the rock is going to manifest somewhere in, in your body. Right. And I'm a big believer that when you've got those feelings of anxiety, or you've got those uh, feelings of like, you know, the white knuckling, as they say, um, they, they do show up in, in other ways uh, in your body, for sure. Uh, so tell us what that secret code is. Think about how much money you're making right now. Just think about what is your recurring revenue. And the minute you think about what that revenue is, notice 
do you have some thoughts that show up behind it? Like, yay me, look how great I am. Or crap, my income went down this month. Or that client is late with the bill and it's really affecting my ability to pay my bill. Or I'm so excited. I just bought a second home. For some people here, I know that my own personal clients who listen, listen up what Dr. Deborah has to say. So when you, when you, when you just think about money, do you immediately hear some thoughts? So let's talk about your conscious and your subconscious. I'm just going to grab my brain right here because this is really about what's going on inside this three pound thing, which is the most powerful changing station, charging station. It's a charging station. And that pun is intentional, right? Because it is the mechanism by which you charge your clients, but it's also that which recharges you. And so if you're plugged into some beliefs that say, I can't, I'm not worth it. I'm not giving that much value. Nobody's going to pay me that. I feel guilty for making that much money. I feel guilty for having that much time off. I feel guilty for making that much money and working so little. Oh my gosh, now you're really in pain land. And you know what? This strikes seven-figure entrepreneurs a lot. Because let me tell you something, the more money we make, the more we have to deal with that inner voice that says, how can I be making this much money and having this much fun and taking this much time off? Because it flies in the face of everything we've been taught about, I have to work really, really, really hard and I have to hate my work and I have to live for the weekend and I have to be miserable while I'm working and then I get to go on vacation. And we compartmentalize and we, we don't even have this conditioning that says I can make seven figures and I can love what I do. Right. It, like, it's, just, it's just so foreign to our conditioning. Okay. So let's talk about your brain. So your brain, check it out. It has two halves. It has a left half and a right half, the left side of the brain. And I I'm holding the left side in my left hand, but if this looks like it's the right, this is your left side. Yeah, We're good. Okay. So the left side of your brain, that is the side of the brain that processes language mm-hmm. and as humans we process language we like to name things we like to identify things we like to compartmentalize things we like to say this is this and that's the other thing we like to create separation we like to analyze we with our left brain we create categories and we store things in what are called association areas in the brain and we categorize everything This separates us from the all that is. It creates great struggle for you as an entrepreneur. Why? Because the left side of the brain primarily looks at the past. It looks at what you've already experienced, what you've already learned, how much money you've already made, whatever has happened to you in the past. And it thinks mistakenly that's who you are. I'm going to say that again. Your left brain digs out memories from the past and it thinks that's who you are. And it's gonna argue that that's who you are. The left side of the brain will say things like, I need to figure it out. I need to think about it. It will say the reality is, and it will think that it's true. It will convince itself that the reality is, I've only ever made 250K, I'll never make more than that. Or I've never broken six figures, I'm never gonna break six figures. It will tell a story that is untrue because that story is based on the past. This is so critical. And when you tell yourself a story that is based on the past, you are required to follow the terms of the story you tell yourself. This is a huge money block for people because they'll say, 
I've never made six figures. It's never going to happen. I have to work really, really hard. My dad died of a heart attack. Da 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 da. Right? And you'll convince yourself that's true. Okay, you're li- you're living from the left side of your brain. Okay, fine. That left side of the brain controls five percent of your results. You're so underpowered when that's where you live. Now let's talk about the right side of the brain. The right side of the brain has to do with your intuition. It has to do with your ability to access a version of you that you haven't experienced yet. Think about children. Little baby comes out, doesn't know how to walk. I'm pretty sure a little baby doesn't in its mind, say, I'm never going to walk. I'm never going to walk. I'm never going to walk. The little baby says, wow, I'm going to walk. I'm going to try. I'm going to fall. I'm going to try. I'm going to grab the pant leg. I'm going to grab the coffee table. I'm going to grab the dog. I want to jump in here and say also the little baby doesn't say, oh, gosh, everybody around me is walking. I'm never going to walk. Right. The little baby goes, oh, that person's walking. Let me figure out how I can walk. Right. Totally. Yes. Now that's the mindset. That's the entrepreneurial mindset and what's happened. And that, and that's a right brain that, concept of self, which says, I'm going to be that. I'm going to do that. If they can do it, I can do it. I'm going to figure it out. And little babies are not afraid. They touch everything. They put their fingers in their mouths. They like, they do all kinds of things. And they're like, I guess I shouldn't have done that. Big deal. You know, you heard a little blooper at the beginning of this, where we got a little feedback. Who cares? Life is giving you feedback. When you get feedback, you want to celebrate women because the feedback is actually showing you, oh, that's working or, oh, that's not working. And, you know, it does. And uh, babies, I'm sure that you've heard the, the, the messaging dings. I forgot to put my computer on do not disturb and my babies uh, are, are sending me messages about a dozen of them. So for every ding that you hear, I want you to take a sip of water, tea, or coffee, whatever you're drinking. Or if you're, if you're drinking this at night, you're having, or if you're listening to this at night and having a glass of wine, take a sip of your wine. There's another one that came through. Uh, but I love love for my babies and they, they know that. So they don't realize that they're just being aired. Uh, as we're going on. So go ahead, keep going. And that's a, that's a perfect, I love that you brought that in because that is a perfect metaphor for what's going on in your body. So you're thinking about money and you get a little ding, right? You're thinking about money and all of a sudden your nervous system was like, I can't do that. So left brain, right brain, left brain thinks and thoughts. Thought is a form. It's a, it's a material version. It's a whole, it's a whole bunch of molecules condensed into something that you think you can touch. So You think about money and all of a sudden you're like, I can't do that. That's going to be really hard. I don't have the time for that. Um, I don't have the energy for that. Who do I think I am? That's not going to work for me. I failed in the past, so I know it's not going to work. Um, I got rejected in the past, so I know I'm going to get rejected again. You know, all of its tethers are to the past. And it's like you're dragging this super, super heavy duffel behind you of past experience. And your past has no bearing on the present. The present is now. You make a decision now, just like little baby that says, I'm going to walk. I'm going to learn how to use a toilet. I'm going to make my bed. I'm going to feed myself. I'm going to drive a car. I'm going to learn to speak English. I'm going to go to Europe and I'm going to learn to speak French. You know, like none of us knows how to do anything until we do it. So we just need to get over this adult mindset that says, I'm supposed to know who said, right. like who said you're supposed to know you're a lifelong learner. That's why you're in this community because you love growth and growth requires that you not know. So the first level of your consciousness is you have a thought about it. 
This is called metacognition in neuroscience terms. You think something and then you have a reaction to the thought. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. So you think about it, you think it, yeah. And then you judge the thought, you react to the thought, you avoid the thought. Uh, this is why we procrastinate. This is why we say I'm overwhelmed. This is why we get scared. It's not actually the thought, it's your reaction to the thought. And your reaction to the thought is the very first question that you asked me, which is, who are you? Because the very first question that's going to happen when you see yourself as somebody who is earning at a higher level than you ever have, who has more responsibility than you ever have, who's a best-selling author and you have never been that, who's speaking on stage to a sold-out crowd and you've never done that, whatever this scenario is, when you put yourself in that scenario, it's not the scenario, it's how you see you in the scenario. Right? You're fine seeing Tony Robbins on stage getting a standing ovation. But when you put you on stage getting a standing ovation saying, hey, I've got this amazing mastermind for y'all and it's 20K and I only have 20 spots and back of the room you know, is packed with people wanting to get on board. Do you start being like, I can never do that. I can never say that. Mm. Right. So the first level is you're going to have some self-talk about it. The second level is you're going to have a feeling in your body. You're going to have some feeling somewhere. Sometimes the throat closes. Sometimes I feel my heart pounding or clients, we feel, they feel their hearts pounding. Uh, sometimes people say, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Super common that the reaction to the thought of you making more money, having more authority, being more confident, going on vacation for a month, you fill in the blank for what that next level is for you. Do you have a physical reaction to it? And you do because your subconscious mind is your nervous system. Your subconscious mind is your body. So that the conscious mind, left brain, is about 5% of you. Everything below the neck is all the rest of you. So you got to bring your whole body into your business. And your body will show you, oh, I'm feeling anxiety. Oh, I'm feeling doubt. Oh, I'm feeling fear oh, I'm feeling anger, oh, I'm feeling paralysis. It's gonna show up really specifically somewhere in your body. You'll have sensation, uh, maybe it's buzzing or tingling, often it's constriction. Sometimes there's a pounding or a throbbing where it feels like your heart's gonna drop out of its chest uh, uh, or you have like this pulsing headache. Your body shows you instantly and your nervous system responds in a fifth of the time. It's five times faster than your thought. So your subconscious, the right side of the brain is connected to everything neurologically. Whereas the left side of the brain that's thinking about things, that's processing and analyzing isn't connected. So it actually takes longer for the signal to get, to get through, if that makes sense. That's incredible. And it sounds like you're inspiring a lot of ladies. We've got Caroline Martin commenting, this is so great. I've been listening to podcasts on the brain and decoding the brain um, makes a lot of sense. She's just commenting on everything you're saying. So it mm -hmm. sounds like it's really resonating and you're just a plethora of knowledge. I love it. I love everything that's coming out of your mouth. Okay. It's so now I'm going to give you the third one. Okay. So number one, notice the thoughts that come up. If you notice thoughts, you want to notice thoughts because when you notice the thought, there's the thought. And there's the you that's noticing the thought. 
This is huge for you changing your mindset because when you notice, oh, I notice that every time I think about money, I immediately exclude myself and I hear myself saying that'll never happen for me. Mm. You got to notice that you're having a thought because when you are noticing, you are not the thought. If you were completely identified as the thought, you wouldn't be able to notice it. Just like when you have white on white, there's no difference and you can't, you can't see the edge. Does this make sense? We need the contrast in order to see what's happening. You need dark so that you can see light. I'm looking out the window and there are dark trees behind and there are bright ones in the front and allows me to see because there's a contrast. So when you can see a thought, there's actually a contrast between who you are, which is consciousness itself becoming conscious that you are having a thought. And, and if this sounds woo, just practice it for a while. This is the foundation of mindfulness. This is ancient wisdom that is now really at the forefront of mindset, of personal growth, of personal development. What the yogis were doing is actually how you retrain, reset, stabilize your nervous system. If you're so identified with anxiety, you're like a train that's gone off the rails. You're, you're a runaway train and there's nothing you can do about it. If you can sit, if you can be present and listen and watch the thought, it'll move on by just like a train will move on by through the environment. Just like, you know, I have a puppy and I throw a stick and, and the river's got current and if he doesn't get it, it'll just float on right by. And the same is true with your thoughts. If you don't grab onto the thought, it'll just float right on by because the thought isn't thinking you. You're the one thinking the thought. You're sitting in the driver's seat. So you've got to really own your power. Let the thought go on by and say, wow, Okay, I'm thinking a thought. I see I have a reaction. Every time I think about money, I see I'm really reactive to it. Okay, great, great information. Money's controlling you if you're reacting to it. Let's flip that so that you are controlling your money. You are in command. It doesn't control you. It doesn't rob you of your peace or your joy. So number one, notice your thoughts. Number two, what's going on in your body? A lot of high achievers, deep thinkers, are pretty disconnected from the sensation in the body. So this is a practice. It's an exercise that the more you practice it, the more sensitive you become. How does it feel in my body? And if the first stuff that comes up is judgment, 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 totally normal. Just let that be that way. Okay. Puppies barking. Okay. We have a little interruption. You can ignore it. You can let it distract you. You can say, oh, how adorable. You know, look, we're just going to stay focused on what's going on in the body. What do you feel in your body? Your physical responses to things are learned. They're learned when you are tiny. They're learned when you're a little baby and you cry and does mom pick you up or does dad pick you up or does grandma pick you up or does, you know, a nanny pick you up? Does somebody come and comfort you? Or when you cry, do you get in trouble? Really simple, right? We all cry. What have you learned about what happens when you cry? Have you learned that you get attention when you cry? Or have you learned that you get praise when you don't cry? Right? I mean, these things are really basic. We all have needs when we're little because we are not powerful when we come in in a way we're incredibly powerful because little babies control everything but you know the perception is 
Yeah. I need someone to feed me. I need someone to touch me. I need somebody to change my diaper, right? Like I can't do any of that myself. And so I need right. someone to do it for me. And the entrepreneurial path is really the greatest spiritual path because you're learning that that old version of you, that little baby version that says, I need somebody to do X, Y, Z for me. You're bigger than that now. No, you don't need somebody to do that for you. And the reason that they haven't done that for you, if you're 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or however old you are listening to this, the reason they haven't done that for you is because they're not supposed to do that for you. You're supposed to discover within yourself, oh, I'm the one who's going to do that. That's what's happening. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so you got to get into like, what's the feeling in my body? Oh, I'm feeling constriction. I'm feeling uh, anxiety. I'm feeling fear. I'm feeling judgment. I'm feeling sadness. I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling frustration. I'm feeling doubt. Whatever it is, like feel the feeling. What does that feel like? Well, it feels really constricting. What am I saying about myself? What are the thoughts? So look at the thoughts, look at the feeling. And then the third thing that is always rock bottom is you're going to have a memory of something that happened to you in the past that is underneath of it. It's some kind of a trauma. It's some kind of a rejection. It's some kind of a wound, a disappointment, an unresolvedness that is hiding underneath this thought about I'm a seven-figure entrepreneur that has nothing to do with money. It might have to do with, okay, here, here I'll share you a personal one that was in my field. When I was a little girl, one of my mom's favorite sayings was my ear of corn is bigger than your ear of corn right i mean it's like a stupid little thing we ate corn and somebody got a bigger ear of corn and probably my sister looked at mine because i'm the younger one and my sister is the older one so she was bigger i was smaller so she got the bigger ear of corn so she probably said my ear of corn is bigger than your ear of corn. Or maybe I said your ear of corn is bigger than my ear of corn. Who knows? Who cares? My point is that I learned to compare. And when you learn to compare, you do this. Either I'm better than you or I'm worse than you. Neither one of those serves because you are you. There is no comparison. There is no competition. You're the only you. And the minute you go down the, the rabbit hole of comparison, which is what the left brain does, you've actually excluded yourself from being in the middle of the river where all the flow is happening. I love it. And you actually will have, um, I know I'm, and we're being careful with, with timing for this episode. You have many comments and a couple questions for you to answer. Um, and I'm going to give you two of the questions. I think there's two questions and let's do a lightning round if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got Dr. Shelley asking Dr. Deborah, how do you define success? I love that question. And when I was on the path to medical school, they asked me this question. So I, I went, I had a couple, I thought I was going to be a real doctor because I thought I wasn't a real doctor with a PhD, right? So when I was on my own path of personal development, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought, oh, I need a real degree. I thought my PhD isn't a real degree. I was so quick to discount myself. So I did all the post-baccalaureate stuff and I went and I interviewed to go to medical school and they, they asked me, what's your definition of success? And I said this, and it's still my definition of success. Be in a state of peace 24 seven. Yep. I completely a hundred percent agree with you on that. Uh, that is my oh. biggest commitment to myself. Yep. It's cool. yep. You know, it's like, am I thinking thoughts that rob me of my joy? Okay. I'm right. not going to go there. Am I engaging in habits or beliefs or patterns that don't feel good to my body? I'm not going to do that. 
Mm -hmm. Am I going to, you know, eat food or consume media or consume liquid? Am I going to let anything in to this beautiful temple that pinches me off from joy and wholeness? So I consider every moment successful where I choose peace. I reframe constantly. I'm I'm 100% there with you. And in fact, something uh, I, I wanted to, to say is that um, you made a good point of like, we're no better than anybody else. So if you are listening or watching this and going, oh, they've got it all figured out. I wish I could be as peaceful as them. We're still going through the journey ourselves. We are always growing. We're always learning. In fact, I had something uh, and I shared in the Facebook community a few days ago, I took a poll. I had a startling, startling news uh, that popped up and, uh, my, I had this immediate reaction. Right. And then I went to, okay, what am I feeling? Okay. And then I started to notice the things that had happened in the past that, uh, that my brain had registered and tell me if I'm saying this correctly, that were, that I was having this reaction because of these situations in the past Mm -hmm. and my brain started to say, I started to notice that my thoughts were going, oh, well, then this means A. And then this, if that means A, then this means B. And if that means B, then this means C. And then it just, you know, for a few minutes, I was kind of just observing that thought process in myself. And then I was like, okay, all right, time to shift, time to notice, time to, time to, I don't like to rush those thoughts out. I like to let them exist, observe them, let them exist. And then I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm done being in that space. I'm, I'm over it. Let's, what could this actually mean? It could actually mean A and then it could mean B and then it could mean C and then it could mean D. Right. So that I, I just wanted to tell you guys that, you know, we're certainly still going through that as well. I love, I I, I want to pause you because you just said something super awesome. So it's really critical that you, that we take time, that we spend time with those parts of ourselves that we want to bypass. So when we don't do that, when we don't allow ourselves to recognize, wow, I'm going to my conditioning that says I'm going to fail. I'm going to the conditioning that says nobody's going to show up. I'm going to my conditioning that says I can't outshine my mother. I'm going to the conditioning that says I can't make more money than my dad. And I can't do it with peace and ease in my heart because my dad dropped out of a massive coronary. So I can't do that because I'm loyal to someone I love. We got to really be present with what are we avoiding? What are we not wanting to feel and feel the thing so that you train your nervous system? It's safe for me to feel this. I'm not in trouble for feeling this. I'm not bad for feeling this. I'm not doing anything wrong for feeling this. This is part of me I've never voiced before. It's so important to not bypass it. So number one, I love that you brought that in, that you just actually sit with it. That's what, that's what creates peace. Because when we're in resistance to something, when we're in battle with it, when we say, I wish it would just go away, or I wish I just didn't feel this, or I just wish it were different. We're like, ah, that actually is making the rock and the river bigger. So if we can recognize the rock is part of the river, it's not in the way. Mm-hmm. It, it adds to the beauty of the river. The turbulence is part of the excitement. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of you that you're rejecting that's creating that feeling of turbulence. 
So really important that you sit with it. And that the second part of your thing was you, you went down the rabbit hole of, oh, I realize this is my past. This happened in the past. And this is all the past evidence I have. Tony Robbins calls fear false evidence appearing as real. And then you went to part two, which is, well, fear also means face everything and rise. So when we're clamping down because of the past, I'm gonna use the baby metaphor. The reason that you feel the constriction is because what's inside this space that I'm squeezing is the you that is bigger. There's, there's a you that's expanding from the inside out. There's a you that's growing and bigger. Think about a pregnant belly. The baby's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's, it's, it's expressing outward. And so you are expressing outward. The part of you that is rising, that feels like a, a, a more uh, confident, uh, a more calm, a more capable, a more responsible, a more influential being, the part of you that is expanding from the inside out is bumping up against some old conditions, which are trying to keep you in the older version of you. You wouldn't feel the squeeze if you weren't growing from the inside out. Does that make sense? You're both. You're the part that's growing. You're not just the squeeze. You're the part that's growing. And if you weren't growing, there'd be nothing to bump against. You wouldn't feel the squeeze if you weren't growing from the inside out. So what you shared was then you went to, well, what else is possible? What if I'm wrong about this? Because the, the part of you that goes into the past is wrong most of the time. And it's really important that you ask yourself, well, what if I'm wrong about this? Just flip it, just say the opposite and ask yourself what would be possible if this is not a, what's possible if I do break through this financial ceiling? What's possible if I do clear this diagnosis? What if, what is possible if there's nothing wrong with me? Oh my God, that's a concept that blows people's mind. What if there's nothing that wrong with me? That is a great question. If you're listening to this, what if there's nothing wrong with you? Oh, such a good question. Okay. <laughs> yes, because there is nothing wrong with you. Right. We make up the story about there's this wrong with me, there's that wrong with me. And if there's nothing wrong with me, I better make up something so that I'm right about this identity that I have about myself. Do you see how powerful this is? Yeah. Like we create conflict where there is none. We create dis-ease, we create malaise in our bodies. And if we don't address it, eventually it does turn into something that demands our attention. But your body's constantly kind of knocking at the door, that little pulsation here, that little uh, feeling here, that little rumble in the tummy, like your body's constantly saying, hey, pay attention, hey, pay attention. And if you ignore it, it's just gonna have to get louder. Just mm -hmm. like a baby, right? It wants your attention. And it wants your love because it's a growing thing that you're in collaboration with. Absolutely. And again, lightning round, another question. How do we use more of our right side of the brain? Oh, that's such, such a great question. How do you use more of your lights, the right side of your brain? The way you use more of your right side of your brain is, okay, I'm going to use, use this as an example. So when you're in... Anything out here in the uh, external part, the top five layers of your cortex, you will be accessing more of the right side of your brain. So movement, this amount of sensory cortex is about here. It's like a big headband. Moving your body, exercise is a great way. Um, using your voice, chanting, singing. Um, if you have a prayer, uh, 
ritual that you like to do, if you chant regularly, if you're a meditator, moving your body, using your voice, uh, getting into water is a great way to do it. Uh, I love every single day I start with a cold shower. I also every day get into a swimming pool. If I live near the ocean, I would get into the ocean every day. So get into water. That's a great way for you to reset because you're, you're, in, uh, you're operating using your five senses. And when you're operating using your five senses and you actually feel the pleasure of the sense, so pleasure is really important to make sure that you include pleasure in your day. You can include touch, you know, even just stroking your arms. If you roll up your sleeves and you feel the soft skin, that immediately is going to trip the parasympathetic nervous system, the system that is responsible for calm, for ease, uh, touch, smell all your spices, it's really slow down when you're doing your dishes, dance more, uh, rest more, get outside in sunlight more, walk on the earth barefoot, garden. There are so many things, but really the short answer is get away from your computer. Yeah. And your phone. And your phone. Leave your phone in your house when you go for that walk. I, I've got a little lake in the backyard and I, and uh, we've got creeks streaming through the property and I love to just take my shoes off and just get in. So great. And, no, screw the snapping turtles. Uh, Caroline says. Yes. And the, pho the phone, by the way, ladies, is really bad for your brain. Why? Yeah. Because it has been designed to not have an end point. So you just scroll, 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 scroll. And that feeds unconsciously this constant dopamine stream. And dopamine is like never enough, never enough, never enough, never enough. And you got to disconnect from that and get present, which is why walking on the grass. The from my phone on the weekend and yeah. I believe yeah. that's my biggest thing. Yeah, less is more. Yeah. Yeah, and you notice yourself, and as as Dr. Deborah said, notice yourself as you're scrolling through what thoughts are coming up and notice those thoughts. I notice that in myself as well. And that's when I'm like, all right, we're done here. We're deleting the app. Hey. <laughs> I'm go and take a walk and put my feet in the creek. That's really the best remedy. I love that. I love that you said all that dancing, chanting, singing, um, slowing down when you're doing the dishes and uh, getting getting in water, taking cold showers uh, is really good for you. And that's a whole nother topic that I'd love to discuss. And I'd actually love to have you back on the show. I know you've got some things coming up, so I want to get you out of here. But what is that free gift that you're giving everybody so generously? So I would love to give to you one of two books that I wrote. So just send me a private message and you can have either one. One is called Best Brain Hacks, 108 Ways to Retrain Your Brain for, uh, I think it's called 108 scientific, spiritual, and sensual strategies for success. And so I love your questions because this book addresses what do you do to change your brain? And they're all, all ways that you can tap into pleasure in the present moment, which will change your brain. The other book is called Turn On Your Tap, and I describe EFT tapping, emotional freedom technique tapping, which is a way of literally interrupting the neural pathways of fear and anxiety so that ease and abundance are just inevitable pathways for you. Excellent. You can either one, just send me a private message and I will connect you. Excellent. And uh, we would love to have you back on the show. This was phenomenal. I know I was like leaning in the chair here and we got tons of comments. So uh, if Dr. Deborah, if you get a chance, go ahead and you know interact with the people commenting. I will be interacting with you guys as well. There's some really good thoughts here. Seems like uh, we really um, hit, hit a nerve here with, with the listeners. So this is great. Uh, a good nerve, right? We, we really uh, helped them expand today. 
Um, and uh, if that's the case, let us know in the comments. And uh, we can't wait to see you guys next week with my next episode. I will have uh, one of my clients, Kathleen Ryman, on, and we will be talking about uh, how to increase your revenue from your existing clients by doing one thing uh, and being of service to your clients as well as you do it too. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Toodaloo. Bye. See you later.